Amen. Good morning. Good morning. I'm Isaiah Hollis. I'm the lead pastor here at the Power Place. Uh, we believe that God is real. The Power Place exists to help you encounter the Lord's presence daily, to be empowered by his spirit and his word so that you can go and engage with your world. It's why we're here. It's why we exist. It's why we do this on a weekly basis together corporately. And that's why we encourage you to encounter him daily. We come together in his presence together to empower each other to say, hey, listen, how are you doing? Are you all right? What can I help you with? Uh, is your vision a little blurry? Let's get you back on, on track so that Monday morning you can wake up and kick the devil in the teeth. Kick the devil in the teeth. Last week, uh, as I was standing up front, I, I addressed this last week. I want to I wanna just make sure um, to, to come alongside of you as your pastor and help you to see what I saw. I was standing here on the front row uh, last week during worship and felt uh, the Lord impress on my heart to move to the back of the room. Uh, moved to the back of the room and, and felt something in the room uh, as we were worshiping. Um, Allie, Pastor Landon's wife, was, was leading us in the song, uh, No Spirit But the Holy Spirit. I was standing in the back and I said, Lord, reveal to me what that is. And he, he simply said to me, there's more spirits in the room than me. And I was like, oh, okay, what's, what's going on? Reveal that to me. And he started impressing on my spirit that there, there was a religious spirit in the room. That's a problem. Um, a religious spirit is, is nothing to play around with because it holds you tight. Spirit of religion, a religious spirit is a type of spirit that influences a person or a group of people to replace a genuine relationship with God with works and traditions. When people operate out of a religious spirit, they attempt to earn salvation. This evil spirit has established non-biblical beliefs and customs for generations, yet... As believers, we shouldn't turn a blind eye to the work of the religious spirit. It is lurking around attempting to cause judgment and destruction among believers and in the body of the church. You want to talk about division in the house? Everybody's worried about all these spirits. Let's talk about the religious spirit. The thing that holds people in religion. Uh, we, we were down in the city this last week and I saw so many religions I mean, people dressed up in different outfits to impress. I mean, it was, it was pretty nuts. And I looked, I looked at uh, my wife, Brittany, and, and I was like, man, what is this? And she looked at me and she goes, that's religion. Like, you're right, you're right, you're right. Literally trying to fall into this, this thing of, oh, I just want to impress God. When we come together corporately, can I pastor you for a second? Can I help you in, in this time where, where I feel like so many people are struggling with this? It's funny to me because in 2019, the government told us to shut down and everybody listened. But when the church says to praise beyond your comfort level, nobody listens. That's funny to me. That brings a smile to my face to think how sad and far off the church has gotten that all so many years ago, we're literally following the same traditions as the church. Oh, oh, oh. I, when I read my Bible, it says there's brand new joy every morning. Whoa, wait, wait. new, new. That's not old. That's not yesterday's manna. That's today. That's for today, specifically for today. I'm not living off of yesterday. I don't want to live off traditions of yesterday. I want to read my word and be inspired different daily. Daily. I, I, I was reading scripture uh, two weeks ago, and as I was reading it, I saw something I had never seen before. 
And I had read the passage 95,000 times. And this one time I read it and I'm like, what? I've never seen that. How did I miss that? That's like an Instagram verse. How did I, how did I miss that? God's like, that's, that's, that's my inspired word. It's daily, daily for you to eat daily for you to eat. That's why when you wake up, the first thing you should hunger for is not food. It's for the Bible. It's for the word. It's for the Lord. It's to get in his presence. Say, Lord, I just want to encounter you. And so when we come into his presence as a corporate body, as we come together, it's man, let iron sharpen iron. Let me sharpen you a little bit. You're looking a little dull because you're just standing there. Let me sharpen you a little bit. Follow me as I follow him. That's why we're entering in. That's why we're moving. Uh, There's there's something to movement. And someday it's going to break and you're going to get it. And that religious spirit's going to go. Feel comfortable worshiping. That's a problem because comfort will be your dying thing. It is, it is, it is. And, and I love it because a lot of times I'll hear, well, that's just the way the Hollises were raised or that's just the way you guys were brought up. No, it wasn't. I traveled for 12 years on the road with my father, Greg Hollis, and my family, and we went from church to church, 48 states, 13 countries. We lived it up. We saw everything possible in every state. We went to 52 different churches a year for 12 years. Add that up, that's a lot of churches. And we saw religion after religion after religion after religion after religion after religion after religion. And we'd leave and we, I, man, I, I can remember it just, just like yesterday, we'd get in the truck and, and, and my parents would look at us and they say, okay, we're going to go to the front of the church. We're going to kick the sand off our feet because we ain't coming back here. That's Bible. And I remember they would get us out. You know, we're little kids. We're like, oh, man, we're already comfortable in our seats. They get us out and drag us to the front. You know, they make us like, like literally knock the sand. We're like, there's no sand. You know, what are we doing? But I remember like them literally physically taking and saying, shake the sand off your feet because we ain't coming back here. That church was full of religion. That's not the church we want. I want a church that's so in love with him. That literally is so in love with him. The relationship trumps everything else. Everything else. Well, you guys speak in tongues a lot, and it's confusing. Read your Bible. You'll understand it more. It's super simple. I love it. There's, there's, there's all, all these different concerns in the Word of God with people, and, and they read the Word, and they're like, oh, I'm, I, just read the Word and ask God, God, give me clarity in this. Give me clarity in this. There is no confusion. When there's confusion, it's not the Bible. All this chaos and confusion in the world, it's not biblical. I'm not supposed to worry about what gender I am. I already know. I love where she went today. It's so good. And I love the fact that, that, that my wife, Brittany, went to the side of being entertained. Today's not about entertaining you. We don't even care about you. We're glad that you came. But it wasn't about you. When I was prepping this week, it wasn't for you. Oh. I never once said, Lord, You know they're coming. Let's prep. No, it was, Lord, how can I please you? How can I please you? What do you want to talk about? Lord, what's on your agenda for the day? That's where I want to land. I want to land talking about what you want to talk about, what's in your heart, because that's what I want in my heart. Man, humility is the foundation of growth.
Did you know that? Did you know that? Look at your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor. Wasn't good enough to say, hey, neighbor. Humility is the foundation for growth. Some of you just said way more than what I told you to say. Yo. Humility. That's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. I don't got it all figured out. One of my favorite questions is to go before the Lord and say, Lord, do you love me? Because if you're struggling with it, point out the reasons why you ain't. Help me. Help me in my, my, my low areas so I can bring those up. Help me in my high areas that I've gotten a little bit prideful. Lord, shut them down. Shut them down. I don't want to be up here. I don't want, I, Lord, I just want to be on a flat. I just want to run where you're taking me. That's all I want to do. I want to run where you're taking me. God, where do you want me to go? That's where I want to go. I just want you to be pleased. Oh, if we would get this as the church, what God could do through us. Some people will start and say, I'm, I'm starting my religious journey. I'm going to start my religious journey. Oof, don't do that. That's awful. Start a relationship. Man, let me encourage you with this. Start a relationship. Start a relationship. I feel like a journey is like <laughs> such, a, such a downing thing. It's like first meeting your, you know, this girl you really are interested in, you'd be like, all right, I'm not really knowing like if the future's for us, but like, should we try it? She'd be like, no. <laughs> I don't know, Lord. I'm going to try this religious journey. We're going to see what happens on the other side. No, no, get religion out of it. Get religion out of it. Let's do a relationship. Let's start a relationship. Let's get a relationship with the Lord where he is the only thing that matters. Amen. Amen. Uh, I was texting Pastor Zane about last week and the, the religious strongholds. And he goes, he goes, you're coming against long established religious strongholds. Long established religious strongholds. But you are building another kind of stronghold. One where the spirit rules and works. Ooh, that's so good. Lord, right now, right now we come against any religious spirit in the room. <laughs> you must go. The Holy Spirit is the only spirit welcome in the room. We say spirit of religion, go. In Jesus' name, we love you and we thank you, Lord. Have your way in the rest of this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We have nine core values here at the Power Place. One of them is excellence. We say excellence is a reflection of heaven. Excellence is a reflection of heaven. It's what it looks like. The streets are paved with gold. That's pretty excellent. I love it. I, I, was at the, uh, I was at Lowe's the other day. I asked the guy, do you have gold for my flooring? No, I didn't ask that. That'd be really expensive. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be really expensive. I mean, I, mean, I mean, Jesus, gold is the pavement of heaven. He's like, ah, we need a little bit more pavement over there. You got any more gold? Yo, Gabriel, we need gold right there. I just love it. He's paving everything in gold. Why? <laughs> because he can he was a cattle on a thousand hills. He's like, sure, let's do this. Let's do it right because heaven is perfect. It's perfect. And that's, that's why we live here for there. 
We don't live here for gain here. We live here for there. Because that is our eternal gain. So my heart is just to please, to please the Lord. Joshua 10, verse 5. Joshua 10, verse 5. Then the five kings of the Amorites, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon, joined forces. They moved up with all their troops and took up positions against Gibeon and attacked it. The Gibeonites then sent word to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal. Do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us. Help us, because all the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all of the best fighting men. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. That's, that's a promise from the Lord I'm down to hear when I'm entering a fight. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. Verse 9, after an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Israel pursued them all along the road going up to Beth Horon and cut them down all the way to Azekah and Mecca. As they fled before Israel on the road down to Beth Horon to, to Azekah, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them and more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, son, Stand still over Gibeon, and you, moon, over the valley of Ajehon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, till the nation avenged itself on its enemies, as it is written in the book of Jashar. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Then Joshua returned with all Israel to the camp at Gilgal. As I was reading this passage, the Lord pressed on my spirit, son, stand still. I said, yeah, I know, Lord, I, I just read that. He said, no, 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 son, stand still. I was like, yeah, I know, I know. You're going to have to bring more clarity because you just repeated yourself. Son, stand still, I get it. Son, stand still. No, 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 no. son, S-O-N, stand still. Okay, bring some clarity to that. He said, Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Zechariah 2.13, be still before the Lord, all mankind. Psalms 46, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. 1 Samuel 12.16, now then, stand still and see the great thing the Lord is about to do before your eyes. Psalms 37.7, be still in the presence of the Lord. He started to reveal all these things to me. I'm like, Lord, are you asking us to Steady ourselves and wait. 
He's like, oh, you don't know what I'm about to bring. You don't know what I'm about to bring. Victory is already yours. You just have to be still. So I came to you this morning with a message from the Lord, and he's saying, church, I want you to slow down and be still, because what I'm about ready to bring to Chester County and the surrounding areas, all the way to Jersey and Maryland and Delaware, down into the city of Philadelphia and over to New York, I believe God is bringing a revival to this area like never before like never before. Amen. Amen. We are building an army. We are in the process of building an army. Go ahead. Look at your left to your right. A lot of army people in here right there. They're army. You're like, man, I'm sitting next to the wrong army guy. I know some of them are smaller than others, but you got to get next to the right one. God is building an army in Tenet Square. He's looking for a church that's more worried about him than people, because people will come when we're more worried about him. So all we do is drive our focus on him and watch what he can do. And when we come into his presence, all of a sudden, people are drawn to it. Why? Because his presence is contagious. It's contagious. And when we get into his presence, it's like, oh my word, what is up with his presence? This is amazing. I feel different than I did when I entered. All, all the, the anxiety and worry that I had is now gone and it's replaced with joy. And this joy is overwhelming. And I don't know what to do with it other than to laugh. And I don't even like my husband. For some of you, you actually can't wait to go home and be with the person you can't stand for some odd reason. And you can't figure it out. It's the joy of the Lord. It's the joy of the Lord. He wants to renew your marriage. He doesn't want you to live like that. That's not fun. Nobody wants to live like that. How many of you don't like it? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, that was a joke. It was a joke. <laughs> oh, my. Pastor Greg and Christy would love to do counseling with you after this. <laughs> Oh, man. People come and say, hey, can we get counsel? I'm like, have you met with the father yet? Well, well I mean, yeah. No, no, no. That was, you stuttered too much. Have you, have you been with the father? Because if you have, he's the greatest counselor there is. I'll come in after that, but you got to encounter him first. Because what's going to end up happening is we're going to pour time in. We're going to pour time in, and then you're just going to leave because you're offended because you never spent time with the father for him to convict you first. but I came here for you to fix me. No, the Lord fixes you. We just read our Bible and understand it. And the things we don't understand, we ask him to clear it up. You know, man, being a follower of God is so amazing and people screw it up. They do. People have ruined it all. People actually said, we'll take Jesus to crucify him. Oh, no, he didn't do anything wrong. We just want to see him dead. People have been screwing it up for a long time, and they will continue to screw it up. And so that's why I don't go by people. I go by the word. And we base everything by the word. If we have a question, to the word. 
It's like a roadmap. It's amazing. Clears things up. Clears any confusion you got. If you have questions, it's right there in the word. And so we come in and, and the Lord is, is pressing, son, stand still. Daughter, stand still. And when you do, it gives him a moment to speak. Ooh, 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 I, I got this so heavy. When we stop, those are the moments that he can talk. So many times we come in with our agenda into prayer and it's like, okay, Lord, here's my nine points of what I need. And I, I do love you, but, but understand, Lord, if you don't clear this up, I'm walking religion. So we come in with this whole, this whole agenda of, of Lord, you better supply, you better deliver, you better do this, you better do that. Uh, you know, we, we get like an over, uh, an overcharge on our Pico band. We're like, the devil's after me. <laughs> no, no, you just use too much electric. <laughs> I mean, come on, you know, you get a flat tire, you're like, how oh, the devil don't want me to go where I'm going. No, you just were a bad steward and you didn't replace your tire soon enough. You know, it's, it's all good. Well, I didn't have a spare. Well, whose fault is that? Like, like we're trying to point the finger and, and, and give the devil more credit than he deserves. He's a snake. And right now he's under my foot and I'm going to keep him there and continue to suffocate him by the words that come out of my mouth. I, I don't want to give him any more credit or any more power than he deserves. And so I'm going to keep them there. I'm going to keep them there. I'm going to keep them there. In Luke 10, verse 38, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? It literally sounds like my sister Allie. <laughs> like, like, like this, like Bible just became a reality to me. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. Okay, here we go. No, I got to change it. Martha. Martha. Sorry, I was trapped in the Allie voice. <laughs> the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Or indeed, only one. <laughs> Mary has chosen what is better. Ooh, now this could be a weapon in most husbands' hands. I am sitting before the Lord. I cannot do dishes. I have chosen what is better. <laughs> Babe, you didn't make the bed. I was sitting before the Lord. <laughs> I have to. Oh, man. Ooh. <laughs> Only indeed one is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Martha, Martha, you're complaining about Mary sitting at my feet while you're busy doing preparations that are not needed. You're busy doing preparations that are not needed. Oh, I can't go to church. I got to prep. People are coming over at three. I got to clean. You got a week to clean. Why didn't you prep? Why didn't you pre? Why didn't you pre-prep? Why didn't you get things ready so you could be in his house? 
Oh my gosh, when, when the Lord comes back and you'll be like, I just need 20 more minutes. The bathroom's not clean yet. No, he's coming back like a thief in the night. You're gone. You're either up on the earth or down in the ground. <laughs> you don't got a choice at that point. It's too late. You've already missed your opportunity. And so when you're busy trying to do all these preparations, be like, oh, we got to clean this and we got to clean that. And I don't know. We don't got it all done. I was like, what are you doing? Oh, Martha, bring it in. Stop. You're preparing for things that are not needed. Mary knows what's important. She has found value in the proper, in the proper thing. She's spending time in my presence, which is exactly where she needs to be. Ooh, that's good. That's good. How many of us are so busy we miss what God is saying? We're cleaning our house. That's good. We're, we're trying to be a good steward. That's good. It's good. But it tr- when it trumps him, that's a problem. When, 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 when we're so busy and running around with life, when the kids' sports trump church, that's a problem. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I know. I get it. I understand. There's so many people that, that get trapped in this thing. Well, my kid's going to be the next. And no, I've seen him. <laughs> no, 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 they're definitely not. And honestly, what you need to start doing is praying for favor with your coach. You're praying the wrong thing. You're praying the wrong thing. You're praying for your, your kid and all oh, the next. And oh, my word, the Phillies are going to be looking at you. No, 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 no. You're praying the wrong thing. You need to be praying, Lord, give me favor with that coach that'll let me off on Sundays and Wednesday nights so my kid can stay in church. You're praying the wrong prayer. You're praying the wrong thing. You need to get on the inside with the Lord and say, that coach now works for me. <laughs> the problem is, the problem is the things you worry about are the things that you don't trust God with. So you actually won't pray that because you're actually worried that he might get kicked off the team and then he wouldn't be able to get on the Phillies. And what would happen then? Then you have to take up the same trade you have and you hate it. This is where we live. This is the mentality that we live as the church, as people of the most high God. And this is where we, we're just concerned. We're concerned with everything. Well, I, I, I mean, I have to. I have to do this. I have to be there. I have to go there. They have to play. We have to do that. No. 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 I, uh, I'll pick on Pastor Luke. Pastor Luke played college football. He was fantastic. He was jacked. He was like 215 stacked. <laughs> goals. That's goals. Where's he at? Is Pastor Luke here? He's, he's right around here. He's in kids. He's serving today in kids. He already took care of your youth. Now he's taking care of your kids. Servant's heart, so good. He goes where he's needed. Yeah. Hear me. So, so he was in college playing college ball. Fantastic football player. Tore his ACL and was done. What do you do then? <laughs> You're not promised. You're not, you're, not, you're not promised. We live this whole life striving for something that God's like, yo, stand still. Whoa, whoa Martha, Martha. Whoa, whoa. There's one thing that's important in the room. And you've chosen the wrong thing. Mary has chosen right. Ooh. Be still. 
hear his voice. Start asking this, Lord, is this where you want my children? Is this where you want me? Is this your plan? Because if it is, I'm going to lean into this. You know how many, you know how many kids that I've looked at and said, Hey, don't let sports trump God. You're not promised tomorrow. And you know how many kids have listened to me? Not that many. And you know where they are today? Out in the church. I can go down and show you lists of people that I've tried to talk out of it. And now they're just somewhere doing something normal. Their parents are like, I don't know what happened. I do. You valued the wrong thing. You were busy when you should have been still. God wants to do something in you and he wants to do something through you, but he needs your ears and your obedience. He needs to be able to speak to you and you need to follow. God is so good. So good. Last verse, worship band, you can join me, please. Word around town is that Pat and Stacy Taylor are out there cooking up on their grill. It smells amazing. And Glory Barbecue's out there. And I've got some meat to eat. I'm trying to get to Pastor Luke's 215. But the crazy part about it is, I don't really even care about there. I just care about here. Lord, are you pleased? Is this what you want? We'll get there. I'll get to lunch. Sometimes our minds are in the wrong area. I really want you to get this. Sometimes our minds are in the wrong area. For some of us, we sit in church the entire time thinking about our schedule of Sunday, and we miss what God's trying to impress on our spirit. And so by the time we get to lunch, we're actually frustrated because we're already behind schedule, and now your entire week is a bomb. When the Lord was trying to speak to you the entire, we're up to what, like four-hour services now? So in the four hours that you were here, <laughs> the goal is seven. So we're trying to get to the holy number. <laughs> so if you don't like it now, you're definitely not going to like it in a year. Anyways. <laughs> oh, man. And at the end of it, I'm really just happy with coming to church with my wife. So if it's just us, we're good. Lord, are you pleased? As I'm sitting here, speak to me, show me, instill in me what I need so that I can go the rest with you at the head. Not me leading with asking you questions. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. God, you're at the head. And I'm here with my obedience. First Samuel three, verse one. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went 
and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening.